Hey guys, this is Danny, the lead pastor at Swerve Church, and I'm so thankful that you're tuning in to the podcast today. I hope that the message that you're about to listen to will be extremely encouraging and uplifting, and honestly, I pray and hope that it's challenging to you as well. I want to invite you to join us Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Or I want to invite you to join us live online on Sundays at 11 a.m. on our Facebook or YouTube page. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that you are encouraged by today's message. You guys know this super well. Life is so full of struggle. Life is full of constant struggle and difficulties. In fact, it's been said you're either just came out of a storm are currently in a storm or will be going through a storm in the near future. Even Jesus said this. He said, you will face trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Life has its ebbs and flows, its ups and downs and its mountaintops and its valley lows. When things are going great, it's easy in those moments to trust God. It's easier to have a thriving relationship with God when everything is peachy and clean. But when things go south, when the still waters are stirred, that's when it can become more challenging to trust God. In those moments, it's in those moments when your faith is tested. That's when for many of us, our faith is rocked. In those moments, that's when church attendance begins to wane. That's when you reduce the amount of time that you spend reading your Bible or the time you spend in prayer. That's when oftentimes you choose to isolate and stop seeking out God's people or utilizing your gifts. Maybe you find yourself like that right now, yet somehow you made an effort to come today and join us online. Let me just say, praise God for your effort. You could have taken the easy way out, and honestly, today many people have, but you pushed through. Maybe it's a last-ditch effort, but nevertheless, you made it. Perhaps you look at the faith of others, and they look so strong. Their faith is like a rock. You know, how do they, how do, they do that? Or maybe you think, even think to yourself, geez, it must be nice to not have any problems. And the icing on the cake is when you read something in the Bible like this. This passage is from King David. He was a singer, songwriter, musician, and poet. And he wrote these words in Psalms chapter 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates and I give thanks to him with my song. Well, great for you, David. You're a king of a whole friggin' nation, right? And you, you have all the riches you could ever ask for. You have literally everything and everyone at your beck and call. You know, David, you, you don't have the struggles of coming from a low-income neighborhood like Bushwick. You don't understand our struggles. You don't understand these streets. You don't understand what it's like to be buried neck deep in debt. You don't understand the stress I've got to put up with working and living in such a fast-paced environment in New York City. You don't understand my struggle, David. It must be so nice to have such confidence and trust in God. Well, you'll be surprised to know that the same guy that wrote those words also had moments of deep pain and anguish. And in those moments, the great King David, who had such a solid trust in God, also questioned God. He also felt doubt and was also fearful. And just like you, David had those profound mountaintop and deep valley experiences, those ups and downs. He also experienced moments where it was challenging to trust in God. And that's why today we want to attempt to answer the question, how do you grow to trust in God? And this is another super important question for us to answer. 
Because you need to know this, and honestly, I think you already do, that life will not always be roses and daisies. And you probably know this well because you came to church online today currently walking with a struggle. And it is often in those moments of struggle where our faith wanes. It's during those times when our trust in God feels like it's losing connection. So what do you do? There's four things that I want to challenge you to do. Number one is this, you question. Throughout this series, this is exactly what we've been doing. We've been asking challenging questions. These are questions that perhaps you've brought, you, you have brought, no doubt, that have, that have rocked your faith. And you need to know this. It's okay to ask God and bring Him your questions. The Bible says that we can approach God because Jesus mediates on our behalf. You guys remember David? Mr. Strong Faith, Mr. Trust in the Lord, the guy that wrote that verse that we read in the beginning? Well, if you read the entire book of Psalms, much of it was written by David. And if you read it carefully, you might think that he was schizophrenic or bipolar because his emotions are all over the place. By the way, I simply love how raw and honest the scriptures are. The Bible gives us a glimpse into real life. It never sugarcoats anything. It simply states the truth. And the same guy that said that his heart trusts in God also said this. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me and agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? How can David both trust in the Lord and not trust in the Lord? The answer is yes. The answer is both things are true. And I mean, how relatable is this? You totally get this because this is relevant in your life as well. David's struggle is your struggle. It's our struggle. On occasion, you, feel, you might feel like a wall, like, like you're absolutely immovable. and There's nothing that can move your faith. But a lot of times, a lot of times we're challenged and we become a lot like David. God, where are you? How can you allow this to happen? Why would you permit me to go through this? And I need you to understand that God is strong enough to take your questions. In fact, He wants you to approach Him. Just like a loving dad welcomes questions from his child because a loving dad wants to teach and wants to correct and wants to help his child and welcomes his questions. You know, someone said this, we're closer to God when we're asking questions than when we think we hold all the answers. God would rather you run to Him with your questions than run from Him with your doubts. But unfortunately, this is exactly what so many of us do. We run away instead of running towards. So what do you do to grow in your trust of God? You run towards God. You run to God with your questions. Number two, you pray. And here's what prayer is. Prayer is simply an honest conversation with God. We have a God who inclines His ear to us. This is the picture that the Bible paints for us, a God who wants to listen to us. And we have a, a promise that when we approach God, that He listens to us. Elsewhere in the scriptures, it speaks of our prayers being like a sweet aroma or incense to God. Do you know the smell of garbage, of a garbage can when it's full of trash and last night's dinner? You take the trash out and the smell still lingers. So what do you do? You, you light a match and you light a candle. 
The candle takes the smell away or, or fills the air with a new sweet aroma. The Bible says that's what your prayers are like. Your prayers are like a sweet aroma or fragrance before God. In the Old Testament, the, the priest would enter the tabernacle to pray, and what they would do is they would burn incense. And the incense or, or the smell that was produced by the burnt incense was representative of all the prayers of the people reaching the nose of God as a sweet aroma. Guys, it's no small thing that we have access to the throne of God through our prayers. And that's what David did as well. He went through a series of questions, and then in verse 3 says this, Consider me an answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. David transitioned from questioning God or a season of questioning, and he transitioned to prayer. And notice he's not asking anymore. He's simply communicating with God. Again, prayer is just an honest conversation. At this point, he still has unanswered questions. No doubt he still has the same fears and doubts. But he's being honest with God about the emotions that he's feeling. It's essentially a cry for help and a cry for restoration. When you find yourself in moments of questioning and confusion, you can have full confidence in approaching God in prayer. You have an opportunity to open up and express exactly what you're feeling. And we have the promise that when we pray, God actively listens so we can pour out our heart to Him. The funny thing is, how many of us do the opposite of this? Instead of pouring out, we close in. We bottle up our emotions. We retreat. We hide. But we have this amazing resource, a direct line with the God of the universe. How do we grow in trusting God? We pray. The third thing we do is remember. I have a horrible memory. I can barely remember what I ate for dinner last night, let alone something that happened a year ago. If it weren't for Facebook sharing memories from years back, I wouldn't remember many of the events and the things that, that happened. How about you guys? I think many times we can apply the same sort of memory loss to the things God has done in our lives and all the ways that He's blessed and cared for us. That memory loss is amplified when we find ourselves in difficult seasons. It's like we get tunnel vision around our present hardship. We lose sight of God's faithfulness in the past. But I think if we were to take time to reflect, no doubt we'd be able to recollect all the times that God has been faithful and all the times that He sustained us. If we could take our focus off of our doubts and fears and questions and put them onto God's faithfulness in the past, it would help build our faith and trust in the present. And this is what David does. He brings his questions, he prays, and then he remembers. Look at verse 4 and 5. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. We're such nearsighted people. I've worn glasses pretty much my whole life. Now, if something is really close to me, I can see it just fine. If I hold the book close to my face, I can read the words clear as day, even without glasses. But the further it gets pulled away from me, the more blurry it becomes. For many of us, when we find ourselves in valley experiences, it's kind of like that. We're so close to the challenges that we see it clearly. So much so that we're succumbed by it. We're engulfed by it. It's all we see and all we're focused on. Everything else outside of our troubles is blurry. 
But if we were to pause, if we would reflect and think back to, we, we would remember all the times that God has been faithful. We'd remember his mercy. You'd remember that time that he delivered you from that trouble. You'd remember when, when he was there and provided for you when you couldn't make ends meet. And if you were able to do that, you might come to the realization that if God was faithful to you then, what would stop him from being faithful and delivering you now? Here's a good exercise for you today. If you find yourself overwhelmed by your current circumstances or your questions and fears, then open up a Google Doc. Or if you're old school, take out a pen and notebook. Then sit back and reflect. Think back to all the ways that God has been faithful and write it down. Take time to rejoice in His deliverance. Ponder and meditate on all the times the Lord has treated you generously. And if He's been faithful to you then, why wouldn't He be faithful to you now? Here's the last thing. How do we grow in trust in God? Number four, you surrender. We are not good at surrendering. We love having things under our control. Man, this is especially true of us, right? Like we feel like we need to jump in and solve the problem, fix the issue, to resolve and save the day. And for all of us, we often see surrender as a sign of weakness. In our spiritual walk, surrender means that we come to a place where we are okay with not being okay. Surrender is realizing that, yes, things are out of our control. Yes, we don't understand everything that is going on or that is happening, but surrender means we choose to trust God even when we don't understand. One of the authors of Proverbs reminds us this when he wrote in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. No matter how you slice it, our understanding is limited. Listen, you might be a very smart person. Maybe you're very well educated and you got more degrees than Fahrenheit, but your understanding is still limited. We're not always going to understand why we go through certain things. We're not going to understand why God allowed a certain thing or why we go through certain experiences. But we need to come to a place of surrender and we need to learn to come to a place where we can, like the author of Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all our heart and not simply lean in on our own knowledge and our own understanding. Some of us, we, we've been living tight-fisted. Maybe that's you. You've been holding tightly to that situation, to those doubts and fears. And here's the word for you today. That is to surrender. It is to open your hand and let go because in surrendering, we can grow in our trust in God. It's in the act of surrender that we acknowledge that we have no control, that we don't understand, but that we know the God who does, that He has everything under control. And when you do that, you'll see something miraculous take place. God shows up. Now, it might not be the way you expect Him to. You see, He might take the problem away. He might remove those doubts or answer those questions, but more than likely, He will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He will give you His grace in your weakness. But no matter what, we believe and we hold fast to Romans 8.28. In fact, to close out our time, let's read this together. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Let's pray. God, I know and understand that right now there are many people that are going through suffering 
that have questions. God, we come to you with these questions. And I thank you, God, that when we pray, you incline your ear to us and you listen. God, we are so forgetful. Would you help us recollect, Lord, all the times that you've been faithful to us in the past, and that we may have full confidence, God, that you will continue to be faithful to us now. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to surrender, that even when we don't understand, even when we don't fully grasp what is going on, may we surrender and trust you, acknowledge you, surrender our hearts to you and know God that you will have everything in your control God for those that have questions today for those that have doubts for those that are wrestling with fear I pray that you would bring them comfort I pray God that these words your words from from the scriptures would be a source of encouragement and beyond that maybe even a resource to help them overcome and come to a place Maybe not a fully grasping or understanding, but of trusting in you. Build our faith. Help us trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.